Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oitari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who prefers to travel via suitcase. <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and uh, if I had a suitcase large enough that I could fit in, I would definitely mail myself everywhere. I would like to point you see so normal it. Uh, yeah. I would like to point out that this is not a suitcase large enough for her to fit in. Oh no, 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 that's fair. This movie did so, like I saw that suitcase. That woman does not fit in that suitcase. <laughs> like, this is some... I know from from personal experience of having put both my sister and my wife into a suitcase at some point in my life, the size-to-person ratio necessary for suitcase fitting. This woman does not fit in a suitcase. That's probably fair. Like, they did some movie magic on us there to make uh, that happen. Stupid movie magic. Always... I don't, yeah, this movie's full of movie magic. <laughs> this is a very magical movie. Yeah, this is like I guess like I guess this is technically interpretation of the term magical realism. <laughs> I guess you could say that it's um, painful. It hurts. My eyes bled a little bit. Yeah, I suppose. Particularly the ending gets into and and the existence of the uh, the revolutionary character are are somewhat magical realism. Before we get into the movie this week, uh, which I cannot wait to talk about with you. God, I'm, it hurts. <laughs> I need to get this out of my body. I need to set it free into the universe. We're going to ring a bunch of people, and they're going to hear this, and then they're going to have to share it with somebody else, or else they'll die. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Um, anyway, let's talk about our Patreon for a second. Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. Over there for a dollar a month, you get access to a bonus episode. It's always a non-criterion film. Uh, sometimes it's a good one. Sometimes it's a bad one. Sometimes it's uh, Will Ferrell's Kicking and Screaming, which is an yeah, unclassifiable it, film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it is neither good or bad. It it is. It, it bears so much semblance to the actual film that we're talking about today in terms of how much it makes people feel pain from watching it. This film might be slightly more coherent than Kicking and Screaming. <laughs> Technically, maybe, yes. Technically, probably. I mean, like, there, I could follow the storyline. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. We have fun over there. Uh, and uh, and have a guest more often than not over there, too. Uh, for instance, our our very, very best episode over there oh, yeah. is, uh, is Donovan Hill talking about aliens, uh, in which he complains about Alien Covenant for an hour uh, before we find out he had not seen Alien Covenant. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to listen to that episode, just go get, do yourself a favor and get the director's cut. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't even Don't even listen to the original cut. Like, go listen yeah. to the full length. I mean, it's two and a half hours of your life you're not going to get back, but it's <laughs> worth it. Um, second best episode is also a long one, uh, when uh, Patreon supporter Jason Westhaver Joined us to talk about Godzilla, That's Mothra, and King was Ghidorah. A was a really, really fun episode. Too. <laughs> we talked about the movie for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, of also talked uh, about Japanese politics for an hour and a half. <laughs> right, right. There we go. It was great. Uh, but that is just a dollar a month. Uh, gets you access to the bonus episodes and gets you a vote. Uh, 
you uh, you get to help decide what we're going to watch. Uh, a little above that, $5 and above, we'd like to thank those people on air. So thank you to Christopher Otto and to Adam Spickerman for your yes, $5 you. support. Uh, above that, we do something that I think is really special. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that art printed up on a postcard and mail it off to you with a little personal note. We also like to thank those people on air. So thank you to Jason West Tabor, who we already talked about, and Michael McGrath for support yes, at you your so ten dollar and above mark. It's great. Be, look, I hope you're looking forward to a mysteries of the organism postcard. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but yeah. But, but it's definitely not going to be based on sweet movie. Is that what I'm hearing here? Jesus Christ, no. I can't even. I can't. That would cause. Okay, sometimes I have to make postcards that relieve me of something that's inside <laughs> of my mind uh, to, like, free myself of that image. This one is one where probably I need to just block it and keep it as far back in the depths of my memory as possible and not relive it ever again. <laughs> Probably, probably. Making the postcards often requires me to go review the movie, certain parts of it, in order to like get make sure I remember what I saw correctly. Yes. Um, I, I will never do that with this movie. <laughs> I would rather die. Uh, well, patreon.com <laughs> I see that. slash... I'm probably going to make a postcard about sweet movie. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com slash gonna... Lost in Criterion if you want to see whether Pat <laughs> went for sweet movie or not. Uh, but yeah, sweet movie is what we're talking about this week. Oh, uh, God. Sweet movie, uh, directed by Dusan Makavejev, uh, who also directed WR, The Mysteries of the Organism, that we watched last week. Uh, WR got him basically banned in Yugoslavia, where he is from, uh, and he fled the country and made sweet movie in Canada with West German and French backing. Um, Can I, like, honestly... Okay, I don't, I don't ever support like blackballing and stuff like that. I like it's, it's bad, but every so often a thing exists that I'm kind of like, mm, kind of wish it had happened. Aw, um, I this think, is one of them. I think the uh, the best way to describe this, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, is I'm I'm is, I'm on I'm on the edge of my seat. This might I, I paid this, for the whole thing, but I'm on the this, edge. This might be esoteric too, uh, but this feels like if. Louis Buñuel decided that Salo needed to be a comedy. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh my god, yes. Uh, I was like, yeah, totally. I'm totally on board. I was like, yeah. what if what if it was Salo, but it's a comedy and also I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Which is where the Buñuel comes in. Um, <laughs> no, both Buñuel and and uh Makavejev, I think have very particular things they are trying to say. Whether or not yeah. they effectively communicate it, especially Makajev. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I think Brunel is ten times more coherent. <laughs> like, which is saying something, but yeah. for real. Like, yeah. <clears throat> you and I were able to articulate what we thought was the main purpose of that mo- those but, movies. But we were also able to articulate what we thought was the purpose of WR last week. Or at least. Because WR was before he lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> Well, the other comparison to Salo is that whatever Makavejev is trying to say, Sweet Movie is ratcheting it up from WR. Um, right, that, that totally checks out for Salo. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when we were when, when I was watching this. Yeah. It's just the problem is is that like 
say what you will about Solo, which we definitely did. We knew what Solo was trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you watch Solo and you 100%. Okay, I, let me be very clear. I think a lot of people maybe watch Solo and do not understand what it's about. Right. That's definitely a thing that probably happens. Uh, but I think, and I don't remember, that episode was a long time ago. But I know now, like, definitely what that movie's supposed to be about. Right. Like, and what it's trying to say. Like, I don't. And rethinking it. about it's it like, over and over in your mind, you get yeah, it's it's inescapable. It's yeah. been with us for a long time. It, I still think about it. Yeah, like I don't want to, and I've I've mostly eradicated the images from my mind, but I still think about it, which is a hell of an impact for a movie to have. Right. Uh, do you, you don't anticipate thinking about sweet movie moving forward? No, not not probably no no because. Uh, and like this is not this is no longer me trying to be an asshole like sweet movie doesn't have the impact that solo does i think that's like solo is is horrible like i mean and as we've thought about it over and over again i definitely understand where it comes from i understand the purpose of it i well i mean as best as i can yeah and and i i don't i can't say it's definitely wrong in the sense that, like, what it shows is just deeply, deeply upsetting. But I can't say that it's wrong for existing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I understand why. Uh, and as we've progressed, understand why more. Uh, whereas, and, and, and that, say what you will about it, the things it shows are deeply, deeply impactful. Yeah. On a human psyche. Like, you... You never, ever are, you will never not have seen that movie ever again. <laughs> there is no Whereas this out. one, yeah, no, whereas this one, the only impactful scenes for me on a, on a, that sort of deep level are, uh, I can't remember the name of Katin, the, the grave sites yeah. that they're investigating that are real footage of actual, yeah. of, of people who are in mass graves, graves yeah. being unearthed. Yeah. Like that, and that's not his movie. Right. He just co-opted a thing that happened and made it into a part of it, but that's still not his thing. And so I don't count that. That I could have seen that yeah. on the History Channel. Well, the Catian footage uh, plays deeply into my understanding of what this film is trying to do. Um, yeah. And I will say, compared to Solo... Or Solo. <laughs> compared to Solo. Let's not compare it to <laughs> yeah. Solo. I never actually saw Solo. Uh, so, I did. It was fine. <laughs> compared to Salo, uh, this movie at least ends on a hopeful note, a weird hopeful note, but a hopeful note. You know, rebirth is always a what? hopeful note. Whatever you're, else you're trying to say, rebirth is a hope. Right. But right. okay. Flip side of that, rebirth after you murder children, <laughs> but the children aren't dead. Okay, so it's not. But aren't they? <laughs> are you suggesting Proof the children, those are children aren't dead? <laughs> zombies, ghosts. They weren't Phantoms, meant to be ghosts. Personified orgone energy. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here is here is the the baseline breakdown of what I think this movie is about. Okay, uh, given everything that happens and and all of the various imagery, uh, Marx's face on a boat, uh, <laughs> Lenin being described as Marx, the guy who shot <laughs> shot the czar in the head and started yeah. World War One. Um, <laughs> By an idiot American who is pretty clearly Donald Trump 
uh, even being made oh, in I know. That's the best part of the movie right there. Right? That's that's the best part of the movie. Um, uh, the P-tape is real, and it is sweet movie. Um, yep. Anyway, uh, this is a movie that made by someone who lived under Soviet rule. And we talked about this last week when I compared W.R. to, to the works of Washa, uh, Andre Washa. Uh, right. It's a movie about somebody who lived under Soviet rule and thought the Soviets were authoritarian and uh, wanted true Marxism. So it is not a movie that is trying to pit Sovietism or Marxism against capitalism. This is a movie that hates capitalism as much as it hates the Soviets uh, and wants to find a way forward. And despite the fact that these systems murder and kill. We end with more documentary footage of the bodies being pulled out from Katya Forest and the little boys coming back to life. Uh, boys who were killed in the machinations of a uh, communism that still wanted to be commercially viable, uh, which is, you know. One of the downfalls of Sovietism is that it still existed as a superpower, right? Is that it had right. to it had to interact on an international market in order to continue its survival. Uh, well, and and the reason why those, I mean, being like really brutally honest about like you know the reason that those people were murdered was you know that's still um, during a lot of you know one of the periods of you know sort of cleansing of right. the of the of the US, of the Soviet Republic and so like you know it's it's right the, you know part of it gets down to the fact that like part of the problem with with pure with that state was that it was run by people right. and and In people who were also very very bad people a bad one um yeah a right. very bad person the, and so like you know it's like th- that's not exactly an indictment of you know it, it, he, you're right it's not an indictment of the concept of Marxism or something right. like that. It's an indictment of the Soviets and right. and exactly what that actually was. Right, right. And and he is unequally barbed at capitalism in this. Capitalism gets absurdist uh, in what we see here. Right. Every right. all the capitalists are idiots um, and obsessed with commercialism uh, and image, um, whereas the Soviets are just murdering people. And and to right. to to contextualize in. If you've somehow watched Sweet Movie and made it to our podcast without understanding what those documentary bits were, uh, with the exception of the the baby aerobics, I still don't know what what that was. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I've seen well, those before though. I've seen that kind of footage before. Yeah. That was just a fad. We'll get into. I think it was to, a fad in the. I think it's actually specifically a fad in the USSR. But yeah. I've seen it. We, it was definitely practiced in the United States. We can get well. get into the functionality of what that means within the movie in a minute. Uh, because it does play into that final bit too, but right. um, the the Katya massacre uh, was uh, 1940. Uh, the Soviets had uh, invaded Poland and uh, captured uh, 40,000 Polish, uh, <clears throat> and that's the conservative effort, yeah. effort era well, estimate. Somebody, uh, some of the. Historians list as like a yeah. hundred thousand or more, yeah. or yeah, more. Uh, it's crazy. The uh, well, the they had prisoners of war. Is is the forty? Right, yeah, the, the prisoners 40 of war. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, 
the uh, the conservative estimate on how many they murdered in the forest and buried in mass graves, whose bodies we are seeing being pulled out uh, by an international team after the Nazis found them and said, hey, maybe somebody should come look at this, uh, is uh, between four and 22,000 were the numbers I saw. Uh, somewhere I saw, I somewhere I saw though, like oh, I remember what it was. It was how many people got um, deported into back into the USSR mm. was like upwards of a million people or yeah. something like that. That's where it was. Yeah, yeah that was the surprising. like crazy number. Yeah, yeah. It was how many people essentially got repatriated into the, the USSR yeah. and sort of kind of disappeared. Right. Um, Poland uh, at the time, and one reason it suffered under. Soviet control and Nazi control um, was uh, was apparently fairly fairly free, relatively free. Um, I can't speak to exactly how free, but right, but to the extent that uh, one of the people murdered uh, in Katia was the uh, the head rabbi of the Polish army, which means that the Polish army had integrated uh, Jewish people enough that. <laughs> They had a red head, right. head rabbi, right? Well, and we can all see how that's a problem for both sides of that <laughs> right, war, right? So, so, oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, back to the movie and the baby aerobics and the being birthed anew as children on a riverbank, uh, and the whole sequence with that commune that is practicing some sort of regression therapy thing. Yeah. Uh I don't know. It's all about being bored anew. Like I get the movie. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but like here's the thing. I okay, I get all that. My problem is is why? <laughs> like what is he trying to say? Like I understand. Okay, like yes, there's a lot of allegories about being born anew and that sort of stuff and about the and how repressive these these systems are and how they're repressive. Uh, you know, we see how capitalist is repressive versus how, uh, you know, sort of a communist state is repressive. And, right. and the communist, again, we had the same problem we had with, um, or I had the pro- same problem I had with, um, what's the other one, uh, uh, with uh, Mysteries of the organi- Organism, where because of, I guess, our director's personal experiences, like, S- Sovietism is given a way harder line than capitalism, which is kind of just treated as, like, a goofy joke. Like still stupid, still a bad idea, but treated as like laughable. Yeah. Whereas, and again, this is probably just because of our director's personal experiences. Whereas Soviet and Soviet um, sort of brand of of communism, which is 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 all in air quotes, um, is is treated much more harshly. Right. In just in the framing of the movie, like where the so right the Soviets get mass graves. Right. As a, as a comparison point, the Americans get a golden penis and buying and selling of people, which is bad, right? Obviously, right. But don't be don't like I'm not trying to downplay how bad either, but like even that's couched in sort of goofiness, right? There are there are no American war crimes on display, right? In the comparisons for the Americans, whereas there definitely definitely are for the Soviets. Yeah. Which I think is important. It, it tells us what the way our director sees the world in terms of like what is more scary and dangerous. Right. 
Right, and that's. But I also, think our I think our director might actually be wrong, or at least is not a hundred percent right because you there, he's not living in now. The balance against but, that is, of course, that Makovejev you know lived under Soviet rule, right? So exactly, and that's what I, that's what I was trying to get at. He exactly uh, he's going to make this because this is. Exactly. I think it's just worth keeping in mind that like his points definitely come from a very specific viewpoint. Um, not a wrong one, just not a hundred percent right either. Maybe you know what I mean? Yeah. You can be you can not be right, but also not be wrong. Um, it, yeah. It's sorry. It's just it's a thing I I thought about a lot because like the the mass grave scenes are extremely impactful. Like they are very meaningful in the movie and and there's not a counterpoint to balance that on the american side despite the fact that i'm pretty sure we know that he also did not like western capitalism either yeah it's just not you know so another another sort of interesting balance to to all of this is the inclusion of otto muell's uh commune here you know the group the group we see miss canada finally end up with are real people doing what they okay. really did. Otto Muell was an Austrian artist, uh, and this is uh, the uh, the Friedrichshaft Commune. Um, Muell joined the infantry and started officer training in 1943. Uh, like that's late enough to the game where you you probably got some ideological uh, agreement with what's going on in the German army. Right, right, um, yeah. You're making a that's a conscious choice of that. Well, I mean, well, I who knows? I mean, I know. It's, I'm looking. I'm seeing because, like, who knows? It's hard to really. I'm not. Know. Uh, I, mean, I am yeah, not trying probably. to say he was a Nazi because everything moving forward seems to suggest a, a radical uh, throwing off of anything he experienced uh, in his younger years too. Um, and in 1925 or 1943, he was born in 1925. So in 1943, he was 18. So, you know, this is, you know, he's young, he's conscription age, uh, you know, um, the fact that he got promoted seems to imply that he was, uh, into it, but also in 1943, Nazis were probably pretty hard up for <laughs> promoting anyone. Like, right. Uh, you get a field promotion because, uh, well, the Fuhrer just killed himself, so somebody needs to be in charge. Right. Um, but uh, uh, the Frisian um, Shot Commune uh, started in 1972. Uh, this is shot in 1974. It lasted through the 80s, uh, and Mule was convicted of sexual offenses with minors uh, and drug offenses and sentenced to seven years in prison. Right. Um yeah, he served six and a half of that seven year uh, and started another commune in Portugal. Uh, I don't know a lot about the Frigic uh, Shock commune. I mean, uh, an important am, thing worth noting yeah. is the fact that I uh, is that Wikipedia makes the note with a citation that I haven't checked yet <laughs> that it's regarded by some as an authoritarian sect. Yeah, yeah. So it's worth, I mean. Right. <laughs> The, the, unfortunately, the book's in German, so, so it's psychosectin, the practicum, <laughs> the Seelenfanger. Yeah, I mean, like, I would have to actually go find that yeah. book to know, but. Uh, in 2001, uh, he was quoted as saying, I've surely made mistakes in the community, but certainly not in sexuality. Uh, yeah. Says a man convicted of yeah. sexual offenses with minors. 
Oh, in the Dizit interview in 2004, I'm not a child molester. This is nonsense. The girls were all developed. Ooh, okay. Let's just let's just end this. Con- <laughs> let's, like let's we we've well, we've no. crossed into some. No, here's the here's the thing though. Uh, that reflects some of what we talked about with uh, Wilhelm Reich last week too, right? Wilhelm Reich mm-hmm. um, was was so into his sexual research and and sexual freedom and sex as energy uh, that uh, that he ended up uh, doing things to children that were not good things, uh, right? Which is not what he went to prison for, uh, as it turns out, uh, but. Um, part of this, that's, that's, you know, it's one of the reactionary complaints about free love is that things like this is going to, are going to happen, inevitably going to happen, right? I think it's, it's possible. I, I, I hope it's not inevitable, but, uh, with the rejection of all authority, um, <laughs> And now I sound like a, a biblical fundamentalist, uh, but the rejection of all I'm authority, here for it. Uh, can can lead people down some dark paths. That well, uh, so you got to have self reflection too, right? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, what you're describing is like sort of basically a fundamental argument against something like uh, anarchy as well, right? Right. Like, I mean, right, right. But like the reality of the matter is, is the, what I think we're actually getting into is that we we when you limit your sample set to extremely small. Uh, sizes, right? Right. Essentially, all you have as evidence of what happens in free love sort of environment is what a bunch of people who are essentially wild, like, I don't know what the term, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking a, a proper adjective, but like, essentially wild enough to actually practice it, despite the fact that society doesn't condone yeah. it. Well, here's... Represents a very strange sample set, right? Because you're dealing with people who are already... Somewhat unconcerned with what everybody right. else around them thinks. Here's the thing: I don't think it's even necessarily that. Here's okay. a, here's here's where it is. Free love aside, even uh, what we see with Otto Mule, what we see with William Reich, what we see with Joseph Stalin uh, is, uh, and and thousands, if not millions, of other uh, predominantly men throughout history uh, is uh, when you set up an authoritarian regime. <laughs> period um whether it be a commune um where a single person is put to be in charge and where where that distinguishes from from anarchy is that within anarchy hopefully you're building a new system that is egalitarian and has no single person in charge right that's one of the principal right i yeah i mean Uh, yeah yeah i mean i you know yes so i think i think whatever mule's ideas might have been where he started, where he was when he started the commune, where he ended up, uh, what ultimately was is that everybody who joined up in that commune was somebody who thought Otto Mule had the answers, not someone right. who thought and you get into the a very, ideology like, had sort of the answers. Feedback loop sort of scenario, right, right where you get the – yeah, obviously. Right. Yeah, we see it – I mean, like Charles Manson, right. basically, and things right. like that. Like, anytime you end but, up in a situation where a lot Hitler, of people think and that – also right, uh, many yeah, no. populists – uh, absolutely populist absolutely. Uh, uh you know uh, i'm just saying that yeah depending the world, on the scenario it right goes in different place. directions but the directions all have a lot in common right um and that's yeah 
And so, yeah, no, I think you're right about that. I I agree. I I'm also just pointing out that like, there's that's I think it's all part of the same sort of conundrum, or you know, the same sort of um, set, right? Because like, if you see the sort of people who become these sort of ideological leaders, especially in authoritarian bent, they also tend to be because what it takes to actually do that in a society that doesn't necessarily support that behavior right also requires some pretty noticeable uh, it requires control to keep it going right right you have to have you'd have to have control and then you also have to be the sort of person who thinks it's okay for them to do that right like you and i are not going to do that right and in such a group be it religious be it free love be it uh any sort of commune or 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 political party in mm-hmm. such a group, the concept of consent is out the window because there's right. too yeah. much group yeah. think, right? Yeah. So, well, so right. and, and whether well, or not these girls were mm. developed physically or mentally, whatever he means by that, uh, they absolutely uh, yeah. they it's irrelevant by actually, their nature. They were not yeah. even if they yeah. were adults could not reasonably consent to what is going on. Because of right, absolutely. because yeah, of totally the environment right. they find themselves in, right? Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I, yeah, I, you know, I, it just also feels like you know that's what. Well, yeah, that's definitely yeah. true. Which is why you you like that's why I was kind of commenting on what you were going right. with at the beginning because it sounded more like you were headed in a direction that was saying like, well, because there are no rules, right? Right. That's not. But what it's I'm, not that there are no rules. It's that there's a right. guy who's making right. the rules, right. and that guy, right. And the, doesn't have to care what yeah. anybody else thinks. And the other the other aspect all. of that is, you know, we have no idea if if he wasn't arrested until 1991. That means there's upwards of 18 years of uh, child producing and children who this is the only life they know. And right, you know, uh, to to swing in a completely different uh, direction. Uh, this week I. Ran across an article um, in my circles on Twitter. Uh, infant baptism has been something that's come up, and within Christianity, a lot of a lot of uh, sects, uh, including Catholicism and and uh, the Orthodox Church, and a lot of mainline uh, Christian Protestant sects, uh, practice yep. the baptizing of infants, babies. Uh, or very young. Well, children. I mean, yeah, you're you're talking yeah. about pretty much everything except for derivatives of baptism right. or of Baptist and Anabaptist practice yes. infant. Yeah. Uh, so the Anabaptists, which is the tradition I come from, uh, explicitly reject infant baptism on a grounds of non coercion. They don't believe in coercion, so they don't believe in making a baby a Christian so that when they become adult, they you can say, oh, you're already a Christian. Sorry, there's no... <laughs> because that's how they well, viewed infant baptism. Now, whether or not that's right. a valid view of infant baptism is a different conversation. It and is, the conversation that's... generally that's, not. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. like, as somebody right. who was infant baptized, <laughs> right. I would right. like to right. point out that nearly all sects that practice, <laughs> all denominations that practice that, also make the, cho- the, stu- yeah. the child join the church right. when they, came, they right. come of right. age of consent right. for that right. practice. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, now the uh, political environment and the the uh, uh, church social environment that Anabaptist groups came out of in the 16th and 17th centuries is very different. Yes, absolutely. It's also very yeah. different. <clears throat> anyway, 
uh, the article I ran across, I can't remember who wrote it, and I wish I could, and, and maybe I'll figure that out later and put a link to it, um, was uh, talking about how while Anabaptists, Mennonites, Amish, uh, Brethren, etc., have rejected the idea of infant baptism because of coercion, the church structure itself still produces that same coercion. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah. unless unless you're letting your kids live free until the age of thirteen, fifteen, eighteen, twenty one, whatever your your arbitrary line is, and then come to church if you want them to. If you're raising the kids in church, if they're attending Sunday school and church services every week, you are not right. making coercion. You are essentially doing yeah. Right. You are core yeah. Yeah. And, and it's going, they're gonna find speaking from personal experience, they're gonna find it very hard. <laughs> right. To reject it. Right. It's not right. going to be something they consider as a, a first primary option available to them. Right. Instead, they're going to blame themselves for not uh, for not believing the things that they're told they should believe. Right, right, right. So, uh, we accept that premise religiously. Let's accept it for this commune as well. Um, without, again, you know, we don't. We don't know a lot about this yeah, commune we, other than a cursory reading know. of, and, of yeah. Otto Muir's Mule's uh, Facebook or uh, Wikipedia and, page. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, his quote makes it even is actually more damning than uh, than right, us right. not knowing in the sense that I I could see conservative um, prosecutors prosecuting somebody for what we saw literally in the video. Yeah. To a certain extent, if you practice like regression therapy or something on a person under 18 and they started breastfeeding. I mean, we live it. We come from a country where women have gone to jail for breastfeeding their infant in public. Right. Right. You you know what I'm saying? Like like sexual misconduct with a minor or something along those lines can can occasionally have very, very broad readings. In terms of what prosecutors will prosecute for, if they feel like they need to like get a real good case in to like prove that they should right. keep their job or something like that. That being said, his his um, statement is pretty fucking damning in and of right. itself. Now, in 2010, <laughs> like, he did publicly apologize for uh, for the commune. Um, yeah, <laughs> what, what a thing to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, that whole thing I did bad. Right. Oh man, man! If if anything within this Wikipedia article is true to the structure of the commune, then yes, it was definitely authoritarian. <laughs> Obviously, Wikipedia yeah. is trying to make that argument, so I can't, you know. But uh, he established a first wife and prepared his son to become his successor. He uh, created a hierarchy for social pecking order for all of the members. Uh, yeah. Um, Ugh, this guy sounds like an right. asshole. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Right? Yeah. Where? <laughs> Can we where, not talk about him anymore? Now, where our director gets into him, I think, is that he was also uh, a ideological father, follower of Wilhelm Reich. I mean, that's. I think a rejection of the ideas of Reich, which we we both do, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, is, I is yeah, principally for where sure. We're I going mean, to bump heads with with the. Uh, the ideas presented in a Machiavellian film. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, okay. So, like, we I don't think either of us necessarily disagrees with the notion that, like, sexual liberation is a positive thing for right. society. Right. 
Like, I don't think either of us is, like, walking around being like, nope, we're fucking our society up by, like, letting people love who they want and shit like that. But Um, I don't think either of us are going to take that ground. So I think on a really fundamental, like, super duper deep down level, we're not necessarily. But let's let's look at this, too. Mule is accused of sexual abusing girls and teen girls, it seems. And uh, when we go through that commune scene, uh, I think particularly of when they're all dancing together, they are paired off in heterosexual pairs. Yes. Uh, So is that part of the authoritarianism of the group that uh, that is free love but is heterosexual free love? Uh, or is that uh, something? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we we, we don't have enough information, right? Is that something Mikvejev? It could just be a statistical phenomenon because yeah. you know, like <laughs> statistical statistically phenomenon. speaking, right, right. like you know, we're the, the we're numbers also are going to get like maybe two dozen people. So, right, right. You don't have a large sample group, and like, right. And there's a lot of stuff going on. There. It's possible that, though that he's like pairing people off. Right. It's totally possible. And is that Mule's decision, right. or is Makovejev's decision, or is it? Uh, the people involved with the scene's decision. What's right? Yeah. Well, and that's the problem is we don't know any nearly anything right. about this and decision making process. And that's a thing about uh, the mysteries of the organism too. For all the talk of sexual liberation and free love, it is still heteronormative free love, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Is, I mean, the movie. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, and that's. I mean, that's a big problem with all of what we're yeah totally what we're getting down to here is that like it still only conceives of this one format of right. sexual relationship. Yeah. And I was thinking more on like the most sort of fundamental terms of just, you know, we, we don't know about that stuff. I was more thinking in terms of um, just that, like the general message of, you right. know, right. No, certainly love who you want or whatever. Certainly. I don't think anybody here is against that right. idea. The issue is, is like where, where, where it falls apart, after that with with mystery of the organism is generally just the pseudoscientific right. nonsense or shit stuff i think you know what what makovejev would would say the problem with sovietism is is that they went too far in the authoritarian regards and not far enough in in certain freedom regards right but I think right, Makovejev yeah. is just reiterating a different form of that in the ideologies we've seen presented in these two films, where he's going too far in a free love stance without even going far enough in a free love stance, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's definitely. I think yeah. you're right. And then I would like also to point out that like, um, I you you do run into another problem with him, which is we keep having a very he keeps having not a very critical eye, right? pointed at the sort of examples that he presents as good examples of free love even even beyond the sort of lack of any recognition of something that outside of like sort of heteronormative free love right Right. he you know like he doesn't although i mean yeah you know yeah pretty much yeah Yeah. i was trying to think now like mysteries of the organism has a little bit more legit discussion of what what it means to be free right in and, the sense that, like, we do get people who are at least transgender, I think. Yeah. I'm a little bit confused. I never did get a good, clear take on that because... At at best, agendered, if... Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Um, or at least agendered, not at best. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the... 
Yeah, WR is a little a little better at that, but still predominantly not great. Right, and this yeah, movie it's is not. Even and, worse and then I and <laughs> in that yes, regard. this movie is much worse actually, like in really noticeable ways. Like, yeah. the, I never thought we would think this, but like Mr. Z organism is much more watchable, not just as a movie. But also from just ideological perspectives right. is more is is less upsetting, um, honestly. Uh, this this but again we run into the same problem with both of them, which is he just does not turn what one would call a critical eye right. to the things that he puts on screen, in, with regards to whether or not they promote truly promote the thing he wants to right. say. And that's I feel, and that's the same thing that leads people to join groups like Mules. Commune. Right, yeah, right? absolutely. Is that the, we want to reject what we know to be bad, and we're so desperate for, to build something that we hope to be good that we sign up under people who do not have our best interests at heart. Absolutely, yeah, totally. Which I suppose is where we get to anarchism from communism too, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> that's uh, that's why, uh, you know, I think the, uh, the communism I hope for is egalitarian <laughs> across the board with... Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all on the same page right, with right. with regards to that. I, it's just, yeah, no, I think, yeah, no, it, no yes, single yeah, lifetime just, leaders. That's that's I feel like something we can right. pretty much rule yeah. out as a we can good all thing. agree on. And yet, <laughs> and yet, we keep making it happen. How how, how weird? We're we're remar- the human <laughs> race is remarkable for its willingness <laughs> to just keep doing the same shit over and over and over. Right, again. right. We just don't have the historical memory. Uh, to to figure yeah, we out. need we need some serious Star Trek like DNA memory shit going on. <laughs> right, really, right. is what we need. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I will say the regression therapy is its own weird thing, and that whole orgy scene of of vomiting food you've eaten and uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, from a purely like just viewer standpoint, it's disgusting. Yeah. and really hard to watch. But um. I don't know any. I don't know enough about regression therapy to actually yeah. treat it as a subject in and of itself. I can see what where the idea would come from, yeah, and how you could think to yourself, yeah, this seems like a reasonable idea. Um, I don't know if it seems like a reasonable idea surrounded by thirty other people, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think. I don't think what we saw was reasonable. <laughs> right, don't like. Right. Let's not. Let's not misinterpret what I'm saying. Yeah. I understand where the I, that therapy idea would come from. Yeah. And I don't think it's the worst idea that anyone could ever come up with. Um, that sort of idea of rebirth and stuff right, like that, right. I can totally see where one would come up with that. Um, what's happening in this scene is yeah, un- unwatchable. Now, uh, I, I, a person who had two children, have dealt with untold amounts of vomit and shit <laughs> and things like that, yeah. still found that extremely, extremely upsetting. And not just because it's adults doing it, but because adults possess capabilities that children do not have. Right. My children were never able to project their vomit across the room. (laughs) It was never a capability they possessed. They were also not able to mobilize themselves physically around the room while also shitting. You know what I mean? There There were limitations that were conceived of based on the fact that they were not adults. Yes. And your children, what they, the, your children never made an active decision to reconsume their own vomited up food. No, they Probably. they they definitely tried. <laughs> All right, that's a thing. Um, and dogs do it too. Lots of but but 
and and you know depending on how we want to understand conversion therapy again i don't know or not conversion therapy geez <laughs> uh regression therapy yeah um I, I you know i don't know i don't know enough about it but like so maybe like how much active decision making is the person who's undergoing that therapy doing i don't know uh but the problem is again they're adults and you probably not the sort of thing you want to do with multiple people at the same time it probably becomes less therapeutic if there's right. Right. 10 people in the room right. doing it at the same time and like apparently like fucking five functional adults trying to take care of them all like it probably seems like a one at a time thing is probably a little bit safer right it's like now uh, so i don't know the westerners particularly the film director and uh and uh mr capital uh have their weird fetishization um Obviously, the film director, particularly with that chocolate commercial, is very, very horny for what's going on. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, yes. But also with his music video, uh, he is fetishizing a Spanish pop singer as uh, as Mexican uh, in the worst stereotypical way he probably possibly Oh, yeah, could. yeah. And I assume that that has to be on purpose, right? right. That's like a choice right. in the movie, right? It's to, something he actively says. He's like, I want this right. to be it's more Right, it's seen in the movie right. as being pretty right. gross. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, Mr. Capital has fetishized cleanliness to the extent that he has held a national television reality show to find himself a wife uh, who he washes before they have sex and he has his gold-plated penis, uh, and then he urinates on her. Uh, yeah, it's very confusing. I, I feel I don't know what's going on. And it on. came out of his own body, so I can like understand right, maybe psychologically like, what's going on here. Is, but well, yes, but I I was also unclear if like the, he like I was very unclear if that was like also the sort of the consummation act too. Like you know what I mean? Like I was unclear whether or not. That was a stand-in for actual ejaculation. It was very confusing. Maybe he doesn't actually understand sex. Is that what you're suggesting? That's kind of what... I mean, I don't know. I think our director does. But well, I, I don't know our director our, does. Our, but, but is this well, character well, not Okay, let's actually... Let's, let's take a step back. <laughs> our director understands something adjacent to sex. Our director has a very interesting view of sex, okay? Uh, like, for real. But... Um, the the idea the that this in the Western movie, idiot does not know what sex is, I yeah, think, is kind of what it feels like. Yes, everything yes. else we know about him, and therefore, yeah, uh, I think we can actually assume that that is a I valid interpretation of what's going on. I there. think he thinks he's doing what he's supposed to do, right. while his mom's in the other yeah. room, like waiting for him to finish <laughs> with a with a mariachi band. Uh, I know it's, <laughs> there's just so much. Yeah, um, like I I I. And then, like, they sex traffic her? I'm not very clear. Oh, yeah, they definitely sex then. traffic like, her. Well, she, she freaks out, so they get rid of her. Um, but in getting rid of her, we get a uh, big, scary black man, and uh, Miss Canada is shown to not be all that intelligent either. Uh, or or maybe not. Uh, maybe, maybe it is betraying something even more deep-seated uh, with Makavejev when she calls the uh the bodybuilder uh hitler and then you dirty jew back to back um 
I hope that's not. Yeah, the case, I, I, but. those uh, again, those actually feel like real. I don't know what exactly is going on, but I feel like those are very purposeful choices as well. Right, right. of course, everything in this like, that would not be like choice. I fully believe. that. Well, no, I fully believe. I, that. Yeah, although I think so, but I think like, um, for example, as soon as you you step into that commune, okay, okay, I think probably that's he a choice to go them into go the commune to do what they do. But I think but. he's probably just letting them do what they're going to do. Yeah, to a certain extent, right? It feels way more out of hand than the rest of the film does because the rest of the film feels very purposeful that feels very wild right right and you know getting back to sort of themes we've already talked about i think one of my major problems with this movie is that uh makovejev doesn't turn he clearly has the ability to have a critical eye right but he doesn't turn yeah. that critical eye on the new things he's encountering. So like, no, yeah, definitely, like our ship definitely captain right. is a failed communist revolution revolutionary. Uh, <clears throat> in as much as auto mule is a failed communist revolutionary. <laughs> he's just right at the beginning of his career instead of the end. And if Makovejev had a more critical eye, he might've seen, uh, what was uh, the, that, that also heads right. in the exact same direction right. where yeah, that was like, already oh, headed. this is going to end up in the same place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no That's indication in how he uses that commune that he understands that because the use of that commune plays into the latter half of the movie and the themes of rebirth and even uh, to an extent the, uh, you know, the people, the people oppressed and murdered by the Soviets being rebirthed in the way those sequences play out, right? Right. Because we cut from documentary footage of the Katya Woods and bodies being pulled out to the kids coming back to life on the riverfront. Right, yeah, no, yeah. I... Yes, yeah, you're right. right. I, it. It's just that... I think... In many ways, and I and this is just an impression because I don't know nearly enough about our direct about the director. Like, the impression I keep getting is that um, quite possible that the director is just so desperate for an answer that much like the people who get sucked into communes and stuff, his desperation for an answer just lets him get taken for a sucker, right? Just all the time, yeah. Like. That's what it feels like. It just does. Right. Like we we keep in both movies, we keep having him show us stuff that like and and that is just kind of insane. Um and like really markedly so, like just obviously so. And again, it's also possible to be like, Well, fuck you, dude. Like that's just because your your brain is stuck in this. I mean, at the same time, and what the man tells you, but the stuff in WR was at least innocuous in its absurdity, right? At least the Western stuff. Well, the artists, the artists uh, drawing people masturbating, and the woman making casts. I actually like all that stuff. I think that's that's all neat stuff. It's neat stuff, and it's not it's not harming anyone, even if it's not moving anyone forward, right? Right. (laughs) And maybe it is moving, particularly with the woman drawing. Uh, people I masturbating. would say that it I think it is moving is. people it's important. I actually yeah. think all that's actually yeah. pretty important stuff. Destigmatizing things like masturbation and stuff is very important right. for a society to move forward and and have a healthier relationship with sex. Um, so those yeah. those people, the artists featured in the movie, are are fucking brilliant. Right. I think they're and the, great. The positive uh, portrayal of Jackie Curtis 
uh, you know, there's yeah. nothing negative yeah. in the Jackie Cur- Curtis segment. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all very positive. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really just more a matter of the problem is, is that he's linked it with uh, Wilhelm Reich. Right. And Wilhelm Reich is not the same thing right. Right. as those artists. Right. They are just not the same thing. None of those artists are starting sex cults. Right. For lack of a better term. Like, which, none of those artists seems are trying to. Which to be maybe con- what Otto Mule is doing. So. I'm pretty sure. Like, and, you know, you can say that it's not a sex cult or whatever. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, maybe it's not, its main focus is not sex. But we know, we basically have documentary evidence that Otto Mule is definitely, at least eventually, turning it into a sex cult. Yeah. Um. It may not be what it is now, although I'm going to guess it is what it is now in this movie, too. And Reich essentially seems to have done the same thing. And, and yeah, he has some sort of pseudoscientific reason for it. And maybe that's not its main purpose. But then again, like he's using sexual energies to like free people. It all seems like it's headed in the same direction. And it sort of just seems like our director likes that kind of stuff. He's kind of just into that kind of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he keeps finding this thing, but in different formats? Yeah. I don't I mean, know. I can't, I, I can't get away from that. I want to I, I wanna give him the benefit of the doubt and say that I he's, understand. he's a seeker and not a true believer here. But after two movies, I think he's a, a Reich true believer, and that that definitely rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Like and and cuz I want to point out that like again, like th- it's always possible for us to be well, it's always possible for us A to be wrong. Right. right. Um it's also always possible for, you know, for the argument to be made that like because we're from the outside looking in, we just don't get it and stuff like that. Okay, fine. But we can definitively state that there's no such thing as orgone energy. We know this. This is a thing. Can we really we prove know. that negative, though, Pat? Can we? Can we absolutely prove it doesn't exist? Okay, I I have a teacup to sell you out in fucking space. Then, <laughs> would you like to buy it? <laughs> like I don't. I you know I'm just so tired of the internet right now. Right, but like right. like always. But it's like the person making extraordinary claims has the has the duty to prove them. Right. That's just the way it works. Right. I have a teacup. It's out in the fucking asteroid belt. You can't see it with your telescope because your telescope's just not good enough, but promise you it's there. Um, it, it, like, my point is, is that, like, uh, oh, God, I don't even remember what my point was. The point is we don't know that Oregon energy's, we know that Oregon energy's not real. And so, like, already that makes the entire rest of the thing dubious, right? Right. Because... People have done lots of things in history based on beliefs that were inaccurate. And that they and that actually like a majority of people agreed were real, right? I mean or you know, that that's a thing that happens, but when you're making claims that are extraordinary that are outside of what everybody agrees are are real, then then, you know, and then when they're disproven, you do look a little worse right. than when, right. you know, if everybody, if everybody agrees on a notion and then it's later disproven, you're not the person who was pushing it, right? Like, everybody agreed. Right, right. And then you're to, like, oh, we were all idiots. Yeah. Oops. To, to still be pushing an orgone uh, thing in the mid-70s is maybe a little, uh, 
a little beyond right the exactly it's like okay dude like we have so much technology we can measure so many types of energy you're gonna tell me it's just one that we can't measure like right you know i honestly einstein calls you a dumbass and hangs up on you just call it a day and go home <laughs> Like, for real. Just be like, I guess I was wrong, guys. But again, coincidentally, point, the cloud but, bursting worked. So, Well, yeah, occasionally, right? Because sometimes it rains. Yeah. Fucking out of nowhere after we do this shit. Um, <laughs> like, like, we can barely, we can barely, barely, like, eh, never mind. But, like, the point, God, yeah, I, what, there's a Mythbusters episode on, on cloud bursting, not using orgone energy, but just in general. Um, just the other sort of pseudoscience techniques yeah. for that but um no i my issue is is that if you're in the 70s and you're still pushing your made-up science that makes me feel like to a certain extent maybe you you probably also realize it's bullshit but you got people on the hook you're you you've got people i don't know and so now it's more about your power than it is about the thing that you wanted to prove you know what I mean? Reich, and I feel like, is a true believer. made a cult out of it. Reich, I think, is yeah, a Yeah, Reich's true a true believer, but if you believe your shit after everybody pr- says you're, you know, after you're, you're wrong, like, not just everybody says you're wrong, but you're yeah. just wrong, um, then you you might be a true believer, but how much of... It gets kind of like a, kind of a loop, though, right? Because how much is you refusing to give up on your idea... Because you don't want to give up on all the things that that idea entails for you right. as a person, right. you know what I mean? Like, oh, I ha- it, it must be real, but, but maybe somewhere deep down inside, Makovechev like, isn't isn't doing it because he's he's get he's not getting any power out of continuing. No, to no, I was talking about right specifically. I was still I was still talking about right. I mean, uh, I mean, Mule, yes, but Makovechev's. Uh, no, Maga just, yeah, no. he just, he's just, I think, kind of gullible. Maybe. I think, it's not even necessarily I think gullibility. there's a different, I, I think, think, I think if okay. you, when you live under an authoritarian regime uh, that you absolutely reject, but, but think maybe has, uh, was on the right path at some point, I think anyone, anyone who looks like they might be going down uh, the path you think they should have been on uh, is just somebody you want to get behind. And, you know, in, right. in WR, yeah. he gets behind a lot I of people that. who are on a right path, but in yeah. a individualistic uh, framework. Uh, and I don't want to say Makovechev's problem is when politics become involved, because I don't think that's true either. But no, uh, it's... You know the people he seems to be getting See, behind who are who are getting political with it and building movements aren't great people. And well, and I and I think part of that might be when I say gullibility. I what I mean is is that I think to a certain extent, probably probably partially related to the trauma of what he went through, having lived under the the the, uh, the Soviet system, to a certain extent means that he's just desperate for an answer. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just desperately wants somebody to actually have an answer. Right. Like, a solution. A, pa- a path that actually leads to where he thinks that we ought to be. And and I think that desire can blind people. And, and 
and I think a lot of the people who are in uh, probably a lot of the people who end up in those in those cults that we see are not that dissimilar, right? Like are people who just desperately want there to be an actual answer. Right. Right. And we've talked about that frequently you know, yeah. with uh, with you know why terrorism organizations uh, actually rec- are able to recruit right. people, right? Yeah. Um, you know, people want to a certain extent, people just want easy answers, right? And they want someone to tell them what to do. Some people, not right. not all people, but there is there is certainly well, I mean, a type yeah. of person. And I think probably and there's a lot of spectrum that. of that, yeah. right? I think we all want oh, an answer. Everybody wants an answer. Right. The problem is, is like where you fall on the spectrum of willingness to take an answer, right? And willingness to take any answer, and willingness to take even the most obscure answer as as long as secret knowledge is what you want, right? And we see that with right. things like uh, QAnon, right? Where oh yeah, no yeah, QAnon is is actually like the is is a very very um, refined, perfect example of the of the sort of secret knowledge cult, right? right. Like it, it they're they're we're not very far away from from adding in the the secret superpowers too. Like right. I mean, right. or maybe they already have. I don't right. know. And a lot of what seems to be built on Orgone that we see, that we've seen through uh, these films, uh, also feels like a secret knowledge cult in a lot of ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah, a no, lot of absolutely. different people and, building secret knowledge cults around the idea of Orgone. And yeah, and and Automule probably feels like is is probably in the same right. He, I, my guess would be that that re, that reversion therapy and stuff is all part of a sort of secret knowledge paradigm right where he right says to you like i can set you free but only i can set you free because i'm the only one who knows how right yeah and even and i think i think our director is just a little susceptible to it yeah and junk junk science is, is part of all that too right you know Gary Trudeau, yeah, not Gary Trudeau, absolutely. That's uh, Kevin Trudeau. <laughs> Gary Trudeau maybe has his own issues, but but Kevin Trudeau yeah. uh, and his uh, his secret cures they don't want you to know about is the same. Yeah, the same it's thing. all the same garbage, and it's all just people who desperate. And then like, and that's why to a certain extent we we uh, it's beholden on us to have some sympathy, right? Um, it, the sympathy has limits because when your secret knowledge requires Listen, you to to murder people I have I have sympathy for the people who get tied up in them. I have much less sympathy yeah. for the people who uh are actively steering that. Uh No, no, not, no. Not I, to meant, say I, I don't meant, have I any sympathy. Meant, yeah. I think I think uh, Auto Mule probably got caught up in his own bullshit. Uh right? Yeah. And uh and I, yeah, I mean I definitely do. I meant I don't think no yeah. one maybe not no one, but very few if anyone believes themselves to be the bad guy right oh yeah i yeah i don't i i think i think modern american capitalism has done a good job of building a paradigm where it's actually okay to think you're the bad guy yeah um which is a real cool feature (laughs) um real real big i'm real i'm real glad that we took 80s bad guy energy and decided that was a good thing yeah um that, that the guy who wants to bulldoze the rec center is the good guy uh, but, um, you, you know, that's still an outlier. I think in, in general, people believe that they're, if not the good guy, at least they're, they're a neutral guy. Right. Um, and that being said, somebody, somebody like in position like auto mule and stuff, we, 
you start to wonder where where his self perception f- comes down, um, because is he so caught up in his own right. bullshit that like he literally thinks he's helping people? Yeah, and I that's, mean, and that's possible where it, is. where it becomes a commune is interesting because that whole sequence, if it was doing being done for art as a single performance art performance, yeah, it might be interesting. But <laughs> yeah, we probably would almost almost know what have would have any problem. Right. Well, I mean, lots of people would have a problem with <laughs> well, it, but yes, you and I would not be sitting right. here complaining about right. it. Yeah, right. Uh, where we we might be in the sense that I'm real tired of watching people throw up, right. but right. Um, maybe uh, yeah. that's a me the, thing. Not the a introduction them thing. of hierarchical organ- organization is maybe maybe the ultimate the bad dangerous guy part. In what yeah, we're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got there. Yeah. That like the problem is organization, but like. Yeah, it's the problem isn't just the organization. Is, the problem is hi- <laughs> hierarchy. Yeah, <laughs> organization. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. It all it all funnels up to a dude named Otto Mule, which is right unsettling. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, a, uh, a a quick side note on uh, on uh, you know, the uh, the guy wanting to destroy the rec center being the good guy. Uh, Mister Capital is played by John Vernon. Uh, do you know when the last time we saw John Vernon was? I don't, but his face is super fucking familiar. Uh, well, one, he's Dean Warner from, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, oh, goodness. I just lost the name of it. Um, the classic college movie. Um, oh, uh, don't do this to me. Now I can't remember it. I was like, uh, shit, what's the name House. of that movie? Animal House. I don't know why we yeah, couldn't Animal think of Animal House. That's why, anyway, that's why I thought I knew him from. I was that's like, probably this guy what you is recognize something him like from, Animal But House. the last time we saw him, he is the villain of Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah, fuck yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out that the problem I always run into is I can, I am phys- mentally incapable of separating Animal House and Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I know that like for a lot of people, those are different movies, but those are not different movies. Um, they also came out like a the decade same apart, Pat, but... I know. I understand that they're... I'm saying spiritually. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, the, uh, the Criterion essay... Uh, presents uh the uh the mule collective in probably the the least judgmental way uh you could present it <laughs> okay uh let's see uh Otto mule and his friend commune mule founded this reich inspired collective William Wilhelm Reich, not not German Reich. Right. Uh Reich inspired well... collective in 1972. Yeah, it could go either way. Uh hoping to replace bourgeois institutions like private property and monogamy with unlimited sexual emancipation and new forms of art. Uh, unlimited sexual emancipation and new forms of art are not alternatives to uh, private property. That's, um, that's maybe, well, maybe on some I, sort of I, spectrum we could connect the two. But Well, I would like to point out that you and I have lived our entire <laughs> life in a world where we decided to make... Uh, Capitalism. All right. All right. Or sorry, no, democracy and communism on the same spectrum. <sighs> okay. Somehow. And and art and private property are deeply related within the within the structure of of Western society. So I can't. You're yeah. right. You're right to push back against those words I just said. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Like the actual yes. uh, Frederick Schaff group, the commune in Makovec movie called The Milky Way, named after uh, Louis Buñuel's anti-religious film. Uh, is devoted to regression therapy, accessing the ecstasy of suppressed human possibilities through aversion to the polymorphous pervis- <laughs> perversity of childhood. 
what does this mean to you, the viewer? Several minutes of explicit excretion from every bodily orifice, joyously and exuberantly performed. Be prepared. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Like, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like this movie should come with a warning. <laughs> I think it maybe does. Like, that. It's I, the, the rating. Probably... Uh, <laughs> no, okay. But let's be very, yeah. I, it's well, okay. it's the so fact that the a... original the original uh, uh, poster for this is two tongues or or pink tentacles uh, intertwining, okay. and the uh, the Criterion okay. cover actually contains nudity. Uh, you... I would like to point out that that we have watched multiple <laughs> Criterion Collection films that have at least implied nudity on the cover. Um, <laughs> The Brunel films are a fucking butt with legs, <laughs> and none of them. The Phantom of Liberty is this. the best cover we've had. All right. No, Phantom of Liberty is like the cover alone sells you the movie, and the movie is fucking amazing. <laughs> like it, it's like it's it's a it's a hell of an upsell. It's a hell of a like uh, thing when you like you look at the cover and you're like, this is going to be amazing, and then you get in the film and you're like, wow, the cover didn't even prepare me for how amazing this was going <laughs> right, to be. Right. 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 Um. But no, and no, no, no joke though. Like this movie, like man, I'm glad I, I, I personally can handle yeah. shitting and barfing. Right, right, right. Because uh, woof, like, right. whoa, right. <laughs> that was a ride. <laughs> it really was. I actually okay. So, uh, quick point. Uh, I keep forgetting to bring this up, but okay. it's something I did want to bring up. I originally thought they were going to murder her. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Kind of surprised. I was like, didn't. I got really upset for a little while. Yeah. I was like, if this ends in her getting murdered here, I'm, yeah. I'm out. After, I'm just done. I'm after not watching uh, the rest of after this WR last week, I was kind of expecting one of our female leads to, to get murdered. Uh, incidentally, the yeah. reason there are two narratives in this movie is because the actress who played Miss Canada quit. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, she uh, she wasn't willing to go far enough for art. Pat is uh, she was uncomfortable oh, it's her fault. with gotcha. true freedom. And no, I have gotcha. No idea. It's definitely no. No, I mean I she definitely quit you, because just... of the sexual nature of the role uh, was uh, apparently more than she signed on for, uh, which is its own lack of consent. Uh, because it was not informed consent. Well, I mean, if she is discovering yes, things that she disagrees with as they're filming, right? So, uh, and and we've been here before. We'll be here again. Yeah. Directors are their own sort of cult of personality right. that, like, and demagoguery, right? Like that that push actresses right. especially into things that they're not comfortable with, and have already put them in a position where where the Cre- this this dynamic we've encountered so many times already where the director doesn't feel like he really needs consent from the actress right. Right. especially uh as they go along even though he keeps upping the ante because he believes he already has earned that consent right. and then the actress is put in a position where she doesn't feel like she can revoke that and perceived consent because the, that's not the power dynamic and again right? like, that is another aspect of Makovejev clearly hates all forms of authoritarianism, but lacks the self-reflection to see when he himself is tending toward fascistic. Absolutely, uh, yeah, totally. Or support of fascistic uh, elements, and that's totally, yeah. That is the problem here. Uh, you know, at least, <laughs> at least with uh, Salo, 
I would never accuse Pasolini of having fascistic tendencies, right? Um, no, yeah. and I, no, the and that's he's the praised, interesting thing. Right? Like, like Salo, there's nothing, there's nothing in Salo where the director is clearly praising what's going on. With no, and, and with in Marco fact, Vezha, he does a thing is. that we've, and and a thing that we've we've actually that we've never really visited Salo again in a way that is, is satisfactory. Yeah, but it's very important. You and I have talked a lot about in the years since then about how one gets across to the audience that what you're showing them is bad. Right. And and like I w- I watched I, somebody tweeted something and in a, a thing in in that I follow on Twitter and like just like somebody's retweet or something it was like oh you know every movie doesn't have to tell you that the things that are happening it are bad right and I was like I think you're wrong actually <laughs> um, there's ways to do that that aren't, that aren't heavy handed but if you make it a joyous celebration of the things that right. the bad guy is doing right you are that is. That's bad. That's a bad thing to do, and and it's very important to understand that Salo is up is very close to a perfect example of making sure the audience fucking for sure knows, knows this, is bad. this is bad. Right. Like there's zero praise in that movie for the things that are happening. Right. They are upsetting, and I think we were not ready to watch it. It comes way too early in the collection for us. Right. Uh, but it has informed my understanding in the future. As we've gone forward, in the sense that, like, that's what you have to. If you want to show something bad, right? That's what you have to do. And you don't need to be heavy-handed. You can even be ironic in showing something's bad. You can, you can, yeah. You can pair something bad with jaunty music and still let us, <laughs> and still we can know. Let it's us bad. know, yeah, right. Um, exactly. But yeah, and and yeah, and there exactly. are there are and, things in this movie yeah. that are clearly bad, right? And it's not yes. just. It's not just the documentary black and white footage of uh, bodies being pulled out of the mud. Although that helps, uh, I mean, throwing pairing pairing your bad thing up with right. with footage of mass graves being excavated. Right, right. that's a where, pretty good one. Where you can that mommy dearest you know, lets everybody know where mommy dearest is talking about the uh, the pains they went to to find a beautiful virgin uh, over top. Oh of yeah, no bodies being bad. pulled out of the dirt. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's <laughs> that's probably even, the most even without any of that gets, stuff. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, and even but even without the um, yeah, without the 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 gravesite. Right, but we know stuff, we know those characters the are bad. Is the way obviously bad. Right, yeah. we know those characters are bad. The way they're first presented, and they're first presented in a carnival. Right, so yeah, he's good. He can do that. He just yeah, doesn't do. He's got the capabilities. Right. He just does shoot, Again. which tells us, yeah. unfortunately, as an audience, that there are things he doesn't think are bad. Right, but I that but are probably bad. As you've as you've said, and as we've come back around to, I think it's it's a personal blind spot, not necessarily a thing. Mm-hmm. If he looked at these things yeah. objectively, he would realize that they're not good, and maybe later yes, in I life so he too. would realize that uh, yeah. <laughs> that mule at least went a bad route. But like uh, yeah, we're working, so we're agree. working at a time where uh, Wilhelm Reich's bad things uh, should have been known. So he's it's but not. Then again, but if he Reich's is, child abuse is not extent, something anyone true. talks about with Reich, too. Right? Reich is always just this. He's either someone you truly believe, or this silly guy who came up with a silly thing. Well, and that and that to a certain extent is a whole another problem, right? And and society's general 
unwillingness to touch the topics of child abuse, right? Like, and 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 especially when it's sexual abuse, right? right. Like, even when even when it proves that someone was not a good person, right? Society tends to just flinch away from it because it's just such an uncomfortable right. topic. Right, topic. and that's fair. So, I mean, and and I think, and so when you can find something else that proves that person's bad, that has nothing to do with ch- child abuse or especially sexual abuse of children, like, you're going to latch onto whatever that other bad thing was. Yeah. Because it's just easier uh, than than talking about a thing that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Makovechev, uh is closer to Buñuel than he is to Pasolini, certainly. <laughs> right, but even again, like you know, Brunel, like I don't know, Bu- I, Buñuel I, had I, some I real will, I will never too, not like so. discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. That was such a fucking amazing right, movie. Right, but discreet charm and uh, liberty were highlights in movies that you know we've had Buñuel films where we really did not like them. We have. You've just. I pretty much yeah. have blocked those out. I don't right. even remember. Right. I was looking through the Brunel like I, while we were chit chatting. I was looking through his um, his filmography, and I literally can't remember any of the other ones. Right. 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 That we watched of his that were not the ones I like. Right. Which is saying something important, I think, <laughs> about both me and him. Yeah. Probably. Anyway, I do enjoy looking through his filmography and how many look just look like Fabio covers. Right. Now, now again on a on a sort of Bunel level, um, I think the the fact that the uh, Mister Capital and his mother are surrounded by men dressed as priests and and someone who is overtly meant to be a priest as uh, as uh, Mister Capital um, or Mister Dollar in some translations, I think. Um, is explaining to him all his ideas about sex, and the priest just nods and says, "That's right, my son. Yeah, yeah. You know the right. the uh, <clears throat> the church hierarchies condoning the social hierarchies is is another thing that this movie is more subtly portraying, and and I do I appreciate that. I do. Um, there right. are things in this movie I definitely like, but again, I think it, it breaks down to Makovechev, uh falling for ideas that he should be looking at more critically. Mm. Yeah, And I, I know agree. he has the ability to look at more critically just from the yeah. other things I've seen him look critically at. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's the crux of it. There's, there's not really much else to say. Like, I mean, talking about individual parts, but like, it's not really necessary because that's what this film is. Right. It's just an assemblage of him. To a certain extent, trying to tell us what things he thinks are good and what things he thinks are bad. And, you know, he's we don't agree with what he thinks is specifically what he thinks is good. Yeah. I think we're pretty much on board with what he thinks is bad. For the most part, right? I mean, like what we see is portrayed as obviously bad is stuff that we agree is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. This week we've been talking about Sweet Movie, our second movie by Dusan Makovechev. Uh I don't know if we have any more from him. There is an Eclipse set of Makovechev movies um, that include, uh, include three films that we have not seen, but, uh, but we will not okay. see anything from him in the main collection as of right now. Uh, 
Yeah, who knows what will happen by the time we get there, though, because, you know, right. somehow the Criterion Collection is on some sort of eternal upward march <laughs> until it has every movie oh, that's ever man. existed it's, inside uh, of it. It's just like the stock market, Pat. It'll never crash. Yeah. It keeps rising and rising and rising. Right. It just so, has to keep growing. Yeah. Growth is the only Growth answer. Growth is the only answer. Uh, if, it were, if it were biological, it would be cancer. But, uh, but since it's money. Uh, it's always it's good. Fine. It's perfect. It's exactly what we want. Uh, anyway. Yeah, this week we've been talking about Sweet Movie uh, from Dusan Makavejev. Next week we'll be talking about Lindsay Anderson's 1968 uh, countercultural boys' school English satire thing, If. Uh, <laughs> what a description. Starring Malcolm McDowell uh, in, I believe, his okay. first role um, as a, yeah, as a student uh, at a boys' school. Anyway, so, yeah. Look forward to that. Um, really do look forward to that. Haven't seen it yet. Um, I've I've always I've been meaning to watch it for many years. Actually, I just I, I'm pretty excited about it as well. So excited to watch that. Uh, thank you once again for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am as always the Adam Glass. With me as always, John Patrick Ovitari Dorgan, and we'll see you next time. Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of WithTwoBrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.Bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and support us on Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. We'd appreciate it.